mental health affects us all. In fact, 50% of us will experience a mental health challenge within our lifetime. The In His Holy Name Mental Health Ministry encourages honest conversation to improve our understanding of mental health and psychiatric illnesses, as well as how it impacts everyone. Whether you've had a challenge yourself, or know somebody who has, education, advocacy and spiritual support can be your alley. To learn more about the Independent Catholic Church of the Americas and the In His Holy Name Ministry, look us up on the web at His Holy Name, one word, dot, one word, dot com. For the Hebrew children. It was good for the Hebrew children. It was good for the Hebrew children. And it's good enough for me. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. It's good enough for me. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. It will do when the world's on fire. It will do when the world's on fire. It will do when the world's on fire. And it's good enough for me. Oh. Give me that old time Genesis chapter 1 The story of creation In the beginning God created heaven and earth. Now the earth was a formless void. There was darkness over the deep, with a divine wind sweeping over the waters. God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw that light was good, and God divided light from darkness. God called light day, and darkness he called night. Evening came and morning came, the first day. God said, Let there be a vault through the middle of the waters to divide the waters into, and so it was. God made the vault, and it divided the waters under the vault from the waters above the vault. God called the vault heaven. Evening came and morning came, the second day. God said, Let the waters under heaven come together into a single mass and let dry land appear. And so it was. God called the dry land earth and the mass of water seas, and God saw that it was good. God said, let the earth produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, and fruit trees on earth, bearing fruit with their seed inside, each corresponding to its own species, and so it was. The earth produced vegetation, the various kinds of seed-bearing plants and the fruit trees with seed inside, each corresponding to its own species. God saw that it was good. Evening came and morning came, the third day. God said, Let there be lights in the vault of heaven to divide day from night, and let them indicate festivals, days and years. Let them be lights in the vault of heaven to shine on the earth. And so it was. 
God made the two great lights, the greater light to govern the day, the smaller light to govern the night, and the stars. God set them in the vault of heaven to shine on the earth, to govern the day and the night and to divide light from darkness. God saw that it was good. Evening came and morning came, the fourth day. God said, Let the waters be alive with a swarm of living creatures, and let birds wing their way above the earth across the vault of heaven. And so it was. God created great sea monsters and all the creatures that glide and team in the waters in their own species, and wing birds in their own species. God saw that it was good. God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the waters of the seas, and let the birds multiply on land. Evening came and morning came, the fifth day. God said, Let the earth produce every kind of living creature in its own species, cattle, creeping things, and wild animals of all kinds, and so it was. God made wild animals in their own species, and cattle in theirs, and every creature that crawls along the earth in its own species. God saw that it was good. God said, Let us make man in our own image, in the likeness of ourselves, and let them be masters of the fish of the sea, the birds of heaven, the cattle, all the wild animals and all the creatures that creep along the ground. God created man in the image of himself. In the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. God blessed them, saying to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Be masters of the fish of the sea, the birds of heaven and all the living creatures that move on earth. God also said, Look, to you I give all the seed-bearing plants everywhere on the surface of the earth, and all the trees with seed-bearing fruit, this will be your food. And to all the wild animals, all the birds of heaven, and all the living creatures that creep along the ground, I give all the foliage of the plants as their food, and so it was. God saw all he had made, and indeed it was very good. Evening came and morning came, the sixth day. The Catholic Church holds no official position on the theory of creation or evolution, leaving the specifics of either theistic evolution or literal creationism to the individual within certain parameters established by the Church. For Catholics, rather than being a literal explanation for the origin of life, Genesis 1 teaches key information about God's nature. God made the world how he wanted it to be, and he is omnipotent. Creation also highlights God's superiority. According to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, any believer may accept either literal or special creation within the period of an actual six-day, 24-hour period, or they may accept the belief that the earth evolved over time under the guidance of God. We don't have details about when and how God created the world, but we do know two fundamental facts about His creation, clearly stated in the Bible. 1. God created the world in six distinct stages referred to as days in Genesis. And, two, each stage of creation came in a particular order, from no life, to simple life, to complex life, culminating with humans, created in his image, who can have a relationship with him and have eternal life. How this was done is not as important that he did it. Who are we to judge what he did, or could have done? The emphasis on the fact that he did it is of importance within the faith. The traditional Christian view is that God created the universe, 
the world, and everything in it in six, 24-hour days, all in the same week. Traditionalists believe that Bible genealogies show that God created Adam approximately 4,000 years before the birth of Jesus. And some Bible scholars say there are gaps in the genealogies and that the time should be stretched by as much as another 4,000 years to about 8,000 years before Jesus. But science paints a much older story. If we truly believe that God reveals himself to us both through his word the Bible, as special revelation, as well as through his world science, general revelation, the two revelations need to be in harmony for answering the question, did God create everything in just six, 24-hour days? Based on actual biblical statements and modern knowledge about the world as we find it, here is one interpretation using the days as not being constrained by 24-hour tradition but thought of as stages. Day 1. In the beginning God created heaven and earth. Now the earth was a formless void, there was darkness over the deep, with a divine wind sweeping over the waters. God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. About 9 billion years may have passed between Genesis chapter 1, verses 2 and Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. The biblical account of creation is seen from the perspective of earth. The universe is estimated to be about 14 billion years old, the sun about 5 billion, and the earth about 4 and a half billion. To start it's important to step away from Genesis for a moment and turn your Bible pages to John chapter 1, verse 1. John chapter 1, verse 1 states, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John chapter 1, verse 1 is saying that in the beginning was the Word. A sound, a noise. We can call this the Big Bang. In today's science the Big Bang event is a physical theory that describes how the universe expanded from an initial state of high density and temperature. If we look at Genesis chapter 1 this is the creation of heaven known in modern terms as the universe. John is making this comparison to simply say that the word who was present at the beginning, and the word of God, the big bang of you will, was God. This sets us up for the beginning of Genesis. The heavens were made and now comes the earth. Because of intense heat, the earth was vaporized and gaseous, referred to as a formless void, for most of its existence. The reason there was darkness over the deep is because light cannot penetrate intense heat. Eventually, a crust started to form over the molten rock. Then with a divine wind, sometimes translated as the Spirit of God, sweeping over the waters. God was getting ready to do something special on planet Earth. The Earth was cooling, and steam was condensing into pockets of water on the crust. Now the Earth is ready for God to begin His creative stages of shaping and populating the Earth. God's next and final step at this stage was the creation of light. God said, let there be light, and there was light. Light is the primary requirement for life. The stage for evolution has now been set. Day 2. God said, let there be a vault through the middle of the waters to divide the waters in two. And so it was. God made the vault, and it divided the waters under the vault from the waters above the vault. Genesis chapter 1, verses 6 through 7. God created an atmosphere, or vault, of life-sustaining air between the condensed water on the ground consisting of oceans and lakes, and the vaporized water in the clouds, the vault of space in which he would create life. 
This is the limited space in the universe in which we live, the part which does not requiring additional supplemental oxygen, approximately 15,000 feet of breathable air around the Earth's surface. The atmosphere makes the Earth habitable by absorbing ultraviolet radiation from the sun to warm the Earth's surface, giving us air for breathing and rain for vegetation as we will soon see. Day 3. God said, Let the waters under heaven come together into a single mass, and let dry land appear. And so it was. God called the dry land, earth, and the mass of waters, seas, and God saw that it was good. God said, Let the earth produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, and fruit trees on earth, bearing fruit with their seed inside, each corresponding to its own species. And so it was. Genesis chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. As the temperature cooled on the earth's surface, the floating crust on the molten rock began cracking, shifting, and buckling. At God's command, huge parts of the crust known as the tectonic plates were thrust above water to form dry land. Eventually light began to glow through the dense cloud cover surrounding the earth to support simple organic life. The biblical account of creation is seen from the human perspective of land on earth. First life on earth was tiny organisms like bacteria, about 4 billion years ago. At that point in time man was unable to see these bacteria. And then, after the bacteria were established larger organisms evolved, and simple vegetation, like algae, at the edges of water and land appeared and flourished. Ancient people would not have understood microorganisms and biological processes, so the Bible skips directly to what they knew, vegetation, however this happened slowly over a very long period of time. Day 4. God said, Let there be lights in the vault of heaven to divide day from night, and let them indicate festivals, days and years. Let them be lights in the vault of heaven to shine on the earth. And so it was. God made the two great lights, the greater light to govern the day, the smaller light to govern the night, and the stars. Genesis chapter 1, verses 14 through 16. All celestial bodies were created from the Big Bang, starting as formless spinning gases, too hot for light to penetrate. It took billions of years for them to merge, cool, solidify and achieve stable orbits. Eventually, there were breaks in the thinning cloud cover over the Earth so that the sun, moon, and stars became visible from the human vantage point. Truth is that light existed since day one, but the sun had been obscured by the dense cloud cover and unable to provide the photosynthesis needed for the rapid growth of large plants and trees. With the Earth's rotation around the sun the seasons developed, and with the seasons came festivals and celebrations. Man over time noted a pattern associated with the night and day, and seasons. This is when man could develop schedules and calendars associated with these patterns. Now we usually have clear skies, and the Earth's surface is exposed to direct sunlight. For centuries the Bible's creation order was used by critics as irrefutable proof that the Bible is not trustworthy. They said it's impossible to have light, day one, and organic growth, day three, before the sun on day four. But now that we understand the Big Bang and the science of evolution, the biblical creation order makes sense. No writer 3,000 years ago could have possibly known this modern science. Day 5. God said, Let the waters be alive with a swarm of living creatures, and let birds wing their way above the earth across the vault of heaven. And so it was. God created great sea monsters and all the creatures that glide and teem in the waters in their own species, 
and winged birds in their own species. God saw that it was good. God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the waters of the seas, and let the birds multiply on land. Genesis chapter 1, verses 23-22. With direct sunlight, vegetation thrived, especially in water, and became an abundant food source for new categories of life, what we refer to as fish and birds, which God created about 500 million years ago. The above verses in Genesis do not preclude the likelihood that there were already some very simple forms of marine and avian life like plankton and flying insects. The main point here seems to be that God created an enormous number of new creatures, larger, complex creatures, all with the capacity to move about freely, unlike the stationary existence of prior life forms, and they proliferate rapidly. Be fruitful and multiply they did. This is what scientists call the Cambrian explosion, the quick appearance of a massive amount of new life forms. Darwin said that the Cambrian explosion is his biggest problem with his own theory of evolution. He was perplexed to acknowledge that so many new species of life could appear almost at once. Here I believe it was done by the will of God. About 250 million years ago, a new kind of creature appeared, what we call dinosaurs. And modern taxonomy classifies all dinosaurs as reptiles. We know from archaeology that there were more than 700 species of dinosaurs of all sizes and types, from 5 pounds to 50 tons, some swam, some flew some also walked, and they dominated the earth for 175 million years. Scientists now believe that modern birds are descendants of small avian dinosaurs that escaped a mass extinction 66 million years ago. All non-flying dinosaurs and three-fourths of all other species of life on earth were killed in that extinction, thought to be caused by an enormous meteorite about six miles wide crashing into the ocean near the Yucatan Peninsula resulting in scorching fires throughout the earth, radioactivity, volcanic eruptions, and the sun hidden for years by dust of the explosion. Various kinds of dinosaurs were the dominant part of God's creation on day 5, but the Bible never mentions them, probably because they went extinct and no one in Bible times when the creation story formulated could comprehend the time frame, or believe that these creatures actually existed. It wasn't until modern archaeology that people were able to see and believe these creatures because we had proof of their existence with fossils. On day 5, there was extensive proliferation and evolution of fish and bird species, as well as reptiles, throughout the earth, expanding the food chain, getting ready for animals and humans in the next stage of life. In each successive stage, we can see that God created new life forms of increasing complexity. In day 3, life from seeds. In day 5, life from eggs. In day 6, we will see life from live births. Day 6. God said, Let the earth produce every kind of living creature in its own species. Cattle, creeping things and wild animals of all kinds. And so it was. God made wild animals in their own species, and cattle in theirs, and every creature that crawls along the earth in its own species. God saw that it was good. God said, Let us make man in our own image, in the likeness of ourselves, and let them be masters of the fish of the sea, the birds of heaven, the cattle, all the wild animals and all the creatures that creep along the ground. God created man in the image of himself, in the image of God he created him, male and female he created them. Genesis chapter 1, verses 24 through 27.
Shortly after the great extinction 66 million years ago, God created a new kind of creature to add to the mix that survived, animals or mammals, to adapt to the new environment. Then, several million years ago, very recent in geological time, God created a very unique kind of intelligent and sentient bipedal creatures known as hominids and hominins, with a physical form very similar to today's apes and humans, and all having 95-97% to identical DNA. The last known hominin population, Neanderthals, was in Europe and vanished suddenly about 30,000 years ago. The Bible never mentions hominins, probably because they went extinct and because only a few people in Bible times could comprehend a time span of millions of years or believe that soulless creatures before the time of Adam could look somewhat like the humans which actually existed, post-Adam era. Archaeological digs reveal the first evidence of humans about 40,000 years ago. Hominins and humans may have coexisted at one time, and apparently, there was some interbreeding because today Europeans and Asians have approximately 2% Neanderthal DNA, but other groups have little or none. This low percentage is further evidence that humans did not evolve from hominins. Humans are a special creation. God made man in their image, in their likeness, and let man rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move upon the ground. The Bible account goes directly from animals to humans. The concluding act of the six stages of creation was God's creation of humans, made in the likeness of God, not evolved, but created with the capacity to have a relationship with God, rule the earth, and have eternal life, as the French would say, the pièce de résistance of God's creation. Day 7. If we continue into Genesis chapter 2 the Bible says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, meaning worthy of honor, because on it he rested, he paused, from all the work of creating that he had done. The seven-day week is complete. It's interesting to note that a concluding statement is used to end each of the preceding six days of creation, such as, and there was evening, and there was morning. But one is not used for the conclusion of the seventh day of rest, meaning, that this day has not yet ended. We remain today in the seventh stage. So when we honor this day of rest it might just be more than attending worship, but acknowledging creation up to this point in time and the awaiting of the next stage in his return. Other portions of the Bible tell us that in the future God will take back rule of the earth from humans and will resume his creative work, a new heaven and a new earth. This can be found in Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 5, Acts chapter 1, verse 11, Isaiah chapter 65, chapters 17 through 19, and more. What we can see is that God is not making new creations during this pause in time, but procreation and evolution within the groupings continues. God has equipped humans with a unique body, mind, and soul to rule the earth and do creative work to further shape life on earth. In 19 to 50, and then cyclical, Humani generis, Pope Pius XII said that Catholic teachings on creation could coexist with evolutionary theory. Pope John Paul II went a bit further in 1996, calling evolution more than a hypothesis. Of all the major religious groups in America, white evangelical Protestants are the most likely to reject evolution. Nearly two-thirds. 64%.
of white evangelicals say that humans and other living things have always existed in their present form, while roughly 1 in 10 white evangelicals, 8%, say that humans evolved through natural processes. On the other end of the spectrum are then affiliated, a majority of whom, 57%, said they believe that life evolved through natural processes. Catholics believe that the events described in Genesis are true and that they actually happened. Exactly how is not known. Catholics may accept either literal or special creation within the period of an actual six-day, 24-hour period. Or they may accept the belief that the earth evolved over time under the guidance of God. Catholics can believe that the Genesis account is consistent with scientific evidence. As we have briefly attempted to outline in this podcast, the choice remains yours. I hope we have given you something to think about. This is Father Chris, reminding each of us to act justly, love with mercy, and walk humbly with God. Give me that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. It's good enough for me. Give me that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. It's good enough for me. It was good for the Hebrew children. It was good for the Hebrew children. It was good for the Hebrew children. And it's good enough for me. Give me that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. It's good enough for me. Give me that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. It will do when the world's on fire. It will do when the world's on fire. It will do when the world's on fire. And it's good enough for me. Give me that Ready to explore the world of Catholicism beyond the traditional channels? Tune into the Independent Catholic Podcast for a fresh perspective on faith, culture, and social justice. The Independent Catholic Podcast is the ideal resource for you, covering topics that speak to Roman Catholics, Old Catholics, and Independent Catholics alike. Listen to the Independent Catholic Podcast and gain an understanding of the various dimensions of the Catholic faith. The Independent Catholic Podcast provides listeners with an expansive range of Catholic content, from engaging discussions on theological topics to discussions on social topics affecting you in the church. The Independent Catholic Podcast has something for everyone. You won't be disappointed, and you might even learn something new. The Independent Catholic Podcast is not affiliated with the Roman Catholic Church.